Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that is PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And with that, today we're excited to be joined by Dr. Denise Tony, the Director of Virginia's Division of Consolidated Laboratory Services. Today we'll chat with her about the work of the lab to support COVID-19 testing, variant analysis, vaccination efforts, and more. But first, welcome to the program, Dr. Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure, and we appreciate you making a few moments for us. To start with, as a helpful overview for our listeners, can you just share some insight into the scope of work done by the Division of Consolidated Lab Services? Obviously, you and your team have been directly engaged in the COVID-19 response effort, but I know your work goes beyond that in non-pandemic times. So what can you tell us about the general role of DCLS in the Commonwealth? Sure. So the Division of Consolidated Laboratory Services serves as Virginia's state public health laboratory, and we um, we are positioned within the Department of General Services. As Virginia's state laboratory, not only do we provide laboratory testing for agencies of the Commonwealth, um, which include public health, we also provide laboratory testing in support of environmental testing, water quality, where the state's newborn screening laboratory, um, and the Department of Agriculture. So we provide a very wide range of laboratory testing capabilities in support of whatever challenges might be impacting the public's health. And my understanding is that DCLS actually does more than 9 million tests a year. Is that an accurate number? And how has that number increased or decreased during the past year with the pandemic? Yes, so 9 million tests is an accurate number. It's probably a little bit higher as we continue to expand some of our testing to include more disorders in our newborn screening lab. And I will say with the increase in testing that we have taken on in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, I only expect the numbers to go higher for the testing that we provide. And thinking about the pandemic, how has the focus of, of the work that DCLS does shifted since the onset last year and with it the need to support testing and sequencing and more recently monitoring and analysis of viral variants from the United Kingdom and Africa and Brazil? Can you tell us about the evolution of that work? Sure. So I think that's a great question. And I'd want to begin by saying that one of the things that is important to recognize is that the role of the state laboratory is to respond to exactly what we're dealing with now. Anytime there are emerging threats to our public's health, the state laboratory steps up and it is our role to quickly be able to ramp up, bring up testing so that we can immediately immediately respond to the pandemic. And that's exactly what DCLS did early on in 2020. When we first started hearing information about the SARS-CoV virus, we started ramping up our capabilities and getting 
getting positioned knowing that if the disease did spread over into the United States, that it would be very likely that states would be impacted and would have to provide testing. So we worked in collaboration with the CDC, and as soon as they were able to release test kits and protocols for us to begin testing, within just a few days, we were receiving samples throughout the Commonwealth for testing. The way that we've changed, and it's really, really been an evolution in in what our response has involved. And in the very early days, in the beginning of the pandemic, our role really was to provide 24/7 testing whenever it was needed, so that we could quickly identify if we had cases of COVID-19 in Virginia. And then, as we started detecting cases and seeing more and more, much of our activity, then transition to bringing in new staff, bringing in new equipment, high throughput of equipment so that we could test more and more samples as the Commonwealth needed testing capability. And now we're we're a bit at a, a pivot point in that while we're not doing as much diagnostic testing, our efforts are now quickly moving into the direction of bringing up genetic sequencing so that we can begin to monitor for the presence of and the spread of these new variants within our communities. We're recording this episode in mid-March of 2021. Earlier this month, Virginia recognized the one-year anniversary of the first confirmed COVID-19 case in the Commonwealth. Dealing with this pandemic has been a challenging time across the board, including, I'm sure, for your team of laboratory scientists. I wonder, Dr. Tony, what would you say are some of the key lessons you and your team learned from addressing the unique challenges presented by the pandemic? I think some of the lessons that we learned is that it's always important as a state laboratory to have a ready state of preparedness and to be able to make sure that your workforce, our scientists are well trained, well able to provide a variety of different kinds of testing that we may be asked to perform. We spend a large amount of time preparing for things like this, just like a a pandemic or any kind of emerging disease or any kind of threat to our community. And so, you know, each day we are looking to see what kinds of tests we should bring on board. We're looking at the technologies that would allow us to perform quickly and efficiently and accurately so that the laboratory testing we would provide is the best we can provide to the Commonwealth. But I think it's the biggest lesson for me is to make sure that we are constantly investing in being prepared and making sure we have what we need to respond even before we're asked to respond to something that is a crisis. Well, thanks for sharing that. Just out of curiosity, um, and in the name of uh, those who are uninitiated, and I count myself among that number, when we're talking about a laboratory scientist, um, and you talked earlier about the many types of, of tests that folks on your team may perform, how does that work in terms of sort of specialization? Would one person or part of your team focus more on, you mentioned uh, things like environmental or water quality, and then we're talking about COVID testing, which is looking at viral pathogens. Are your team of, of scientists, are they sort of divided up into specialties, um, or is it all hands on deck and it all of those folks have similar or comparable training, and so they can all pitch in wherever they're needed. How does that work? 
So that's an interesting question. So with the nature of the testing that we do, there are definitely areas that are highly specialized. And so um, we spend a great amount of time making sure that our scientists are trained and able to perform the testing that they need to perform to the highest level of quality. Um, the other thing that we have to take into consideration is that much of our testing falls under different accrediting bodies, and, and these are governmental agencies that set the standards for what a quality test result needs to involve. And so um, there are, in certain areas, degree requirements and years of training that may be necessary to perform a specific task in the lab or a specific test. And so while there are areas that are highly specialized, what we're also seeing is that when it comes to some of the diagnostic testing and indefinitely the genetic testing and the molecular testing, these are skill sets and these are testing tools that are beginning to be applied in a variety of other areas. And so we were really fortunate in the beginning of the pandemic and as we were required to quickly ramp up testing that we had employees in the lab, scientists in other areas that had core training and we were able to bring them into the COVID testing unit and quickly cross-train them and to allow them them to establish their competencies so that they could quickly begin doing testing in support of the pandemic. But what I can say, another thing that we were really pushed to have to do is there were lots of other non-technical, non-scientific areas that we needed support in. It wasn't just testing. We needed folks to help us order supplies. We needed folks to assist with data entry and answering the telephone and creating training materials and assembling kits. And so we took the approach of an all hands on deck. And so regardless of where you worked, what your skill set was, what your qualifications were, if you could move into an area to provide testing, that's where we put you. But if you didn't have those training skills to be able to do the laboratory testing to detect COVID-19, we could put you in other areas. And so we had our managers and scientists in our chemistry areas answering telephones, doing data entry, helping to put together kits because it really took everyone in this laboratory to pull together to respond to what the demands and the needs were for the Commonwealth, especially during the peak of the pandemic. Now that we have covered some of the more technocratic aspects of the work you do, Dr. Tony, I have a few other questions for you just to give our listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond that work. The first, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you can anticipate your final day on Earth, what would your last meal be? What would my last meal be? So you have to understand a little bit about me. Um, I come from a huge Lebanese family, and so my last meal would probably be um, raw kibbe, which is a, a, a Lebanese delicacy, and tabula, which okay. is one of my favorite meals. 
So anybody out there that's Lebanese or has gone to the Lebanese Food Festival or is of Mediterranean descent, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. I have eaten both, uh, and I don't want to give out a plug here, but um, have you been to uh, Natalie's, the restaurant in the West End? I do. We're one of their frequent diners there. Okay, very good. Uh, the next question, Dr. Tony, what's the top item on your bucket list? Whew. Um, I think... Probably the top item right now on my bucket list is working with my daughter who recently got engaged and planning a spectacular wedding for her coming up in October. Congratulations. And then finally, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that... What are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Oh, um, I think I, if I could get a series of books, I would want to reread the Harry Potter books. Okay. So that would be my series I would want to read. My movie would be Mary Poppins. Oh, contrary, there's a very good word. Am I right, Bert? Tell them what it is. Right. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious The original or the newer one? The, the original one with Julie Andrews. Okay. And then the album would be... Uh, I think it would be Bohemian Rhapsody with Queen. appreciate those picks and we appreciate you making a few minutes to join us today and with that that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the virginia hospital and healthcare association's patients come first podcast if you like what you heard please make sure to leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available and we want to once again thank our guest dr denise tony the director at the division of consolidated lab services in the commonwealth of virginia for joining us today so thanks dr tony well thank you for inviting me it's been a pleasure 